Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on knowing what you believe and why you believe it. If you are eager, like I am, to strengthen your faith, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. We'll shift gears just for a little bit in our episodes, and we'll begin to talk about prayer for maybe three or four episodes. Uh, Prayer is a spiritual discipline. Prayer, I think, is universal, meaning unbelievers understand prayer. Other religions uh, understand prayer. So many people pray because there's something inside of us that tells us there's something out there, someone, something out there. And we understand through Scripture that that is the God of the Bible, Jehovah, and we understand we're called to pray to him and prayer is a powerful uh, spiritual tool. Uh, it's communication with God. There's so many things we can talk about with that. So sometimes when we think about prayer, it's just, uh, okay, here's another message on prayer. Here's another study on prayer. Uh, maybe there's nothing new we can learn about prayer. Sometimes we just need to be reminded though about prayer, encouraged in our prayer life, challenged in our prayer life. And sometimes we do learn new things through Scripture as we grow. Maybe we've heard it before, but it didn't exactly sink in, or it wasn't just for that season of our life. And so as we go through these upcoming episodes, I believe it'll be a help to remind us of the importance of prayer. We'll also tack on towards the end the spiritual discipline of fasting and how that connects with prayer and what all that means, how to fast and so forth. But we'll go through and look at a few different passages uh, in our episodes about prayer, what Jesus says about prayer, and I believe it'll be a great help to you. And I appreciate, one, all our listeners. I appreciate the feedback that we get of how these episodes and topics have been an encouragement or a challenge or just such a help to you. So we appreciate uh, hearing back from you. And uh, we we don't take it for granted. You can listen to anything. You can listen to nothing, but you choose to listen uh, to this podcast. And so we just want to say a thank you from the bottom of our heart. So we'll go to First Timothy. Paul is writing to Timothy, and you can kind of think about uh, the book here, you got an older gentleman writing to a younger gentleman, and he's trying to give the younger generation here words of encouragement, advice, caution, challenge, and vision. And if we were to go to find the context, we would see that the current situation that Paul is writing to Timothy about is not good. He's warning him against false teachers, against all these false worldviews that he's going to be battling with. Uh, He's also telling him about the current situation that he finds himself in government-wise. you got to think about who's in charge, Rome, and what that means for their daily life. And he comes to him, and he begins to talk about people also that have uh, forsaken him. And he says in verse 19 of chapter 1, He says, holding faith, he's charging Timothy. Let me back up. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. What is he saying? You're in a battle. You, my listener, are in a battle every single day, a battle against Satan, a battle against this world, a battle against evil. And every single day of your life, you experience this. And then he goes down in verse 19, holding the faith. He's challenging Timothy. Look, stay the course. Keep your faith and a good conscience, meaning you're doing what is right. And when you do what's wrong, you're you're confessing this. But then he says this, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. 
of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So here's two individuals that Paul says, look, they had the faith. And they have gone shipwrecked. They've backslidden. They've walked away from the Lord. And you may be listening and say, well, that would never be me. But you and I never know if that would be us. And so Paul is writing here as we go into chapter 2. He says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Why? Because of the world that you live in. Prayer is absolutely essential. Why? Because you have the potential to walk away from your faith. What is going to keep you? What is going to protect you and secure you in your faith? Prayer. You're going to have to deal with all these false teachers and ideologies. How are you going to know what is true and what is false? How are you going to know what to follow and what not to follow? What to listen to and what not to listen to? How are you going to know? He goes here and says, prayer. Now we see... Our main job, Paul points out, is uh, prayer. And we see he gives us words here, many nouns, if you will. There's seven nouns used for prayer in the New Testament. And Paul uses four of them here in our passage. He talks about supplications. He talks about prayers, intercessions. And then he says, giving of thanks. Now, before we do anything else, Paul is saying, our primary and most important task is to pray. You say, great. Okay, I'm going to pray. God bless all those around me. I don't think that's what Paul is getting to. That's not going to cut it. It's so much more than just a simple prayer. What is he talking about? Being specific in prayer. One of the greatest things that I ever learned about prayer was to be specific. Now, think about this. When you ask God to bless all the missionaries or bless your family, that is good. But could it be better? What do I mean? When you say bless them or help them, what exactly are you asking God to do? Maybe I think sometimes God sits in heaven and he looks down and he says, I want to bless you. I want to answer your prayer request. But when you ask me these things, what exactly are you asking me? What exactly do you want me to do? Imagine you have a friend sitting beside you and you say, hey, friend, whatever their name is, Angela, Bob, hey, help me. What are they going to do? They're not going to know what to do unless they see something specific that needs to be done or you tell them what needs to be done to help you. And so what I'm saying is we need to be specific. When we're specific with God in prayer, then guess what? We can see the specific answers. We can ask God specifically and God can answer specifically. And as we go through our passage here, he breaks out these different words. You would think, first of all, prayer. Okay, great. But he says supplications. Now, supplications are seeking for one's personal needs or your own well-being. Yes, you should pray for yourself, but your prayers should not stop there. Then he goes in and says prayers. That would be general communication with God. Do you understand that's a privilege to be able to talk and communicate with God? Do you understand it's a privilege that God desires for you and I to talk to him? You see, communication is vital in any relationship. If you don't communicate, you can't have a relationship. So communication is vital to our relationship with God. And that's what prayer is. And can I say this? Prayer is just as much about listening as it is about talking. So many times we enter into prayer and we dump on God all our requests. And we walk away. Sometimes within our prayer life, we need to stop and listen. Why? Because prayer is communication. When you communicate with someone... 
it should go both ways. You may know of those people that you can think of at this moment that when you talk to them, they never stop talking. You can barely get a word in edgewise. And sometimes it's like, what's the point? Why should I communicate with them? You see, true communication is a one-way, is a two-way street. And so when we're praying general communication with God here, we are praying, but we're also stopping. Because then the Holy Spirit can begin to speak. The Holy Spirit can begin to speak and say, hey, you're praying for that in the wrong direction. Hey, you could pray for this. Hey, you should pray for that. Hey, have you thought about this in regards to that concern, that burden that you have? And the Holy Spirit begins to speak back. And it's hard to silence ourselves because you always have so much noise in the background. Your mind will instantly begin going other places, but that's a spiritual discipline. When you begin to pray and communicate with God, take time to be silent and work very hard just to listen to the Holy Spirit within you. Then he talks about intercession. This is a falling in with. You're praying for another. You're entering in on their behalf. We're throwing ourselves into their case to take part in it. Now, this is much more than just praying for. Hey, brother, I'll pray for you. No, this is truly interceding or intervening on their behalf. And this is more than just a prayer. This action is truly approaching God about the person and interceding on their behalf. And another great tool I learned uh, years back uh, was to go ahead and pray for that person then. So many times we'll say we're busy at work or on a phone call or, you know, in church, hey, brother, I'll pray for you. Yeah, they'll share something. I'm going to pray for you. I'll pray for you. And then, you know, innocently we forget because things are busy, things go on. If we're going to say we're going to pray for someone, one, we should. We should be a man or a woman of our word. But a great way to go ahead and do that is to go ahead and pray for them. Hey, let me go ahead and pray for you now. And go ahead and begin to pray for them. That way you have prayed for them. Now, there are certain people that you're going to truly intercede with. You're going to continuously seek God for that situation in their lives. And Paul says, look, you need to do that. And then he adds on here, giving of thanks. This is a word that means or comes from a word that means grateful language. Uh, What would be the purpose of giving of thanks in your prayer life? Well, it keeps you positive. It can change your attitude. It can change your outlook. It helps you to look for the good in people. You know, we see so much bad and evil. It also keeps our words about them, guess what, respectful and loving. What about those who we do not agree with, though? What about those who have hurt us? Can I say this? Those are the ones that need our prayers the most. Those are the ones we'll need to give God thanks for in order to change our heart and our attitude. You know, when you have people that have hurt you, and people maybe you even say, I'm close to hating that person, prayer can change that. It is hard for you to pray to the God of the universe with a heart of hatred towards a person. Sometimes you can't even pray for them. It is literally a uh, a struggle just to even pray for them. But when you can get to that point, and I speak from experience, that you can begin to pray for that person that has harmed you, hurt you, it'll turn your heart back. It'll turn your heart into a love for them, a godly love for them. And he tells us here, okay, this is the first course of action is to pray. When When you're experiencing all this in the world that we live in, pray, pray. 
Then he tells us the audience here that we need to pray for is for all men. Notice it's not just for some. It's not for those you like. It's not just those that are in church, those that are in your family. It's made for all men. Now, I understand we can't pray for all people specifically because we don't even know all people. But this is for those you do love, those you do agree with, those who have done you right. But it's also for those who you don't love, who you don't agree with, who have different agendas, those who have done you wrong or have hurt you emotionally or physically. We are to pray for them. Those who have hatred towards Jesus and are antagonistic towards him, we should pray for them. And we should pray for kings and those in authority. He's already summed that up with all men, but he says it here again. Why? Because at that time they had a terrible, wicked ruler. Nero was emperor, and he brought about severe persecution against Christians. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to pray for him. I don't want to pray for someone who is at the head of hurting and harming uh, Christians and believers and churches, you know, a natural reaction would be not to pray for him. You know, maybe you don't agree with your local government. You don't agree with our national government or government on a state level. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you prayed for that leader? Has it been days, weeks, months, years, never? And I ask myself the same thing because I find myself easily not praying for those that I don't agree with. I can complain and gripe and say everything under the sun about what needs to be done and what needs to change. And I neglect the very thing that can change it. You say, well, what on earth can I pray for when it comes to a president or a vice president or these government officials? I'm not even close to them. You know, something happened years back. I was praying uh, while uh, a president was in office, and I just began praying for his salvation, praying that God would allow someone to cross his path, to share the gospel with him. And I just prayed, prayed. And somebody came to me and said, hey, your prayer's been answered. I had prayed that with them. And, you know, you just never know. You just, you're following what Scripture says, to pray for kings and those in authority. And I was just practicing that. Not that I'm an expert by any means, because I forget to do it too often. But I had prayed, and they said, your prayer's been answered. And I said, what are you talking about? They said, did you not see such and such during the National Day of Prayer? And lo and behold, a, a person had been there and shared some testimony and just shared the gospel as plain as day right before the president. And so there, my prayer had been answered. Does that mean he accepted Christ? You may never know what a person does in their heart and so forth, but it's so easy to disconnect from leaders, politics, uh, those that have maybe a contrary agenda. But what is the purpose for prayer that Paul outlines here? It's for you and I to live a quiet and peaceable life. Don't you want to live a peaceful life? Don't you want to live a life that's free from uh, war? I mean, think about what's going on currently right now in the Middle East. Free from a government telling you what you can say and you can do. Free from persecution. Free from racial injustice. Free from political division. Free from hate and anger. Don't you want to do that? Paul says this is the, the, the solution. He says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, this is the primary thing. First of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And also, he says, as we go down, uh, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. What is the purpose of this action to pray is for all men to be saved. 
Prayer is the tool that can accomplish this. Why? Because right now at this very moment, the Holy Spirit is working in people's lives to convict them of righteousness, of judgment. Uh, John 15 tells us that. And prayer has a way of changing the one being prayed for, and it also produces a, a change in the one praying. It can give us a greater burden to share the gospel, to share the truth, but it also creates a change in the one being prayed for. Prayer has a way of changing our attitude and perspective towards others and situations. You know, prayer can bring our heart and our eyes in line with God's about people. Prayer changes our heart towards others. Prayer will give us God's heart for other people. And prayer has a way of changing the person we're praying for. God can work in their heart. God can orchestrate circumstances. God can place people around them. Do you understand this? People are helpless against your prayers. They are absolutely helpless against your prayers. So the prayer that Paul is talking about is more than just a prayer. He's talking about specific, intentional prayer. And may God help us as we go through this week to be mindful, to check in, to evaluate our prayer life, to see where we're at, to see what we're praying for, to see how general we are praying or how specific we are praying. And may God help us to be men and women of prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.